Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Pre-game, post-game podcast, Mike Pacheco, Jim Zoki coming to you before the Panthers at the Saints coming up on Sunday, November 24th at 1 p.m. And I uh, hope everybody uh, will be listening to the broadcast because you guys will go on the air at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes, from and, my least favorite stadium in the NFL, the Superdome. The Superdome. It's, the, uh, it's dank, it's dark, it's lit with a 20-watt bulb. <laughs> it's indoors, but it's like 40 degrees in there. They crank the air conditioning. We're up in the rafters where the speakers are, so it's hard to hear and see. And it's in New Orleans. Yeah. And it's against a team we don't like. <laughs> so, and it's my 25th time there. So, all that uh, says we just better at least go down and, and come back with a nice victory here because none of the rest of it <laughs> wow. is, is, is worth yeah. writing home about. But, uh, man, what a, what a week it's been. Really tense around uh, 800 Mint Street this week, obviously, when the owner comes out on Monday. Uh, using uh, words that to say that he's not happy uh, gets everybody kind of on red alert, as if they weren't on their own. But that just kind of amps it up even more. Well, and it's this is another sign of how things are different here in Carolina. You know, um, you know, you didn't have previous ownership would go almost a decade without talking, and now you're seeing um, and pretty raw. I think, and I think it's kind of refreshing, really, to to hear what the guy in charge thinks. And I think what's interesting is. Uh, he is obviously, you know, extremely talented businessman, but uh, he's kind of merging that with also being a fan of the team that he's recently purchased. And so, he, you know, he gets it. Like, he, he can empathize with what the fans are going through. Yeah. Winning. Is, yeah, winning. winning. And it's all about <laughs> it's winning. One yeah, word. It's all winning. So it's like he's very motivated about Rock Hill, uh, about practice bubbles, about uh, soccer, uh, but the bottom line is at the very, very top of that whole list is winning football games. And that's what makes the whole engine go, not mm-hmm. just from a business marketing standpoint, but it's, it's the ego of why you compete and yeah. why you own it. Um, which I, I Nate, let's make a sidetrack here. I still have been shocked by the Hornets. I'm just like, Michael Jordan is about the most competitive guy. This guy seems like he just bets on every hole of golf. <laughs> I've been shocked that he's just been able to stomach, you know, what we are as an NBA organization. Yeah. Uh, but I think with Dave Tepper with the NFL, I mean, yeah, as, as he said, it's like mediocrity is not good enough. And the thing is, the NFL lulls you into mediocrity. The sure. old Pete Rozelle, right? So it's like everything is designed for the lower teams to get higher draft picks, yeah. salary caps, everything. Funnels everyone. The goal is, always says, for everyone to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. And that's, you know, it's very easy to get put into that large grouping of teams that are mediocre and, and not be awful and not be great. And a couple teams are great at being great, and some are really great at being awful. And the, for the Panthers, uh, that's not a place where he wants to live is in the middle of a pack like that. You know, we and I think what was discouraging against Atlanta on Sunday was that it just we have our first caller, I believe. We do, yeah. Hold on, 
Rock Hill, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Tepper, how are you? Thanks Keep for calling in. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the phones are ringing off the hooks. Uh, everyone, you know, lines are loaded. Lines are loaded. But we'll get to all your questions. David here. Akar, you're up next. We'll get all your hot takes here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Like you said, I think you want that. You want an owner that wants to win because he's obviously got the money to spend to make it happen, but uh, he wants to do it smart. And I think he came in smartly, too, and just kind of looked at what he had, uh, saw 6-2, and two, turned into 7-9, and nine. Gave it another year because of Cam Newton. Uh, but now he's like saying, okay, there's six games left. Make something out of six games yeah. or else everything's in play and we'll see what happens. And it is, you know, let's be honest, it's not, you know, it, this is not an easy schedule down the stretch. I mean, I think most people would agree 6-0 and in the final six games would get you to 11 wins, which would, and it might not guarantee you playoffs, but it most likely you'd get into the playoffs because it also depends on what – you know, well, actually, in that scenario, you would have beaten Seattle. So, uh, and Seattle's one of the teams that's in, in the hunt for the wild card. Minnesota is is those are the two front runners right now for the wild They're card. Both three wins ahead yeah. of the Panthers. They both have yeah. eight. Carolina's got so five. It, you know, it's hard to make that up. Um, and then you look at two games with New Orleans. You still have another game at Atlanta, uh, and then we mentioned Seattle. Now you do have Washington at home, but you also play a pretty good Indianapolis team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're leading their division right now. And they're just getting back Brissett last week, yeah. and probably T. Y. Hilton, if not this week, next week, but maybe right. this week with that. Yeah. yeah. So it's this is this is interesting because we've hit can't lose territory when it comes to coming to the playoffs. But you could make that argument that they've been in can't lose mode the last two weeks, and they haven't been able to get it done. And mm-hmm. you know, one game at Green Bay was, you know, that you hate to use that word, you know, the no moral victories, right? But I mean that that. that was at least a game that they competed and they had a chance to tie the game late, didn't get it done. But then just the disappointing effort against Atlanta uh, on your your own your own grass. Your own your oh, own by twenty six. Yeah. By twenty six. <laughs> I mean that was I mean that wasn't even And they just never seemed like they ever gotten any kind of sync, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then Well and yet you know, look Atlanta's in the same boat, right? I mean, they're 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 essentially fighting for Dan Quinn's job, their head coach. And they've turned it around the last two weeks yeah. out of one and seven to be competitive again. So for that kind of thinking, the Panthers can do the same. Uh, what Atlanta's doing right now is something that the Panthers can do because Atlanta two yeah. weeks ago had, like, not a prayer. Right. And now they've beaten uh, New Orleans and right. Carolina, two teams with winning records back-to-back. So the Panthers are capable, obviously. They've shown, uh, with the exception of last year, which was a physical disaster without your quarterback, that in most years, Ron Rivera teams finish very strong. And it's yeah. going to take one of those, uh, you know, again – strong end-of-season performances here over the last six weeks. Well, it's funny you beat me to the punch because I can't remember the actual number, but I think uh, he has like a 600, 650 or 700 winning percentage in December. Uh, but then they're, <laughs> they're going to need all that, yeah. especially with the Saints. I mean, the Saints have been kind of the juggernaut in the in the AFC South the last couple oh, of years. Sure. Or the NFC South. Right, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and, you know, Drew Brees, you know, it's interesting, these old, these old guy quarterbacks that continue to, you know, I mean Breeze and Brady, you know I think Matt uh, Matt Ryan's getting into that category of being kind of an old guy. I mean he's been in the league what eleven years now, right. ten eleven years. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers fifteen years. Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, although they kind of scuffled scuffled it up uh, a little bit on Monday in mm-hmm. Mexico, which is crazy that that stadium. I hope we never have a trip there. That turf, <laughs> but oh yeah, the, I mean did you see the, like the divots that were coming out? Yeah, of that that's thing? not good. I mean, I and mean, they had that, and they canceled the game last year, right? Because of stadium concerns. Stadium concerns, <laughs> right, 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 right. Beyond the turf. I mean, I'm right. talking about just even the safety of people. But it's brutal. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the Panthers, I mean, they just – it's the old 
the old adage, you, if they don't win this one, nothing else is going to matter. So they got to focus on this one week. This in itself is a huge task. I don't know what the point spread is, but going on the road against New Orleans, I mean, it's going to be one of those teams. Like It'll be an upset, obviously, if the Panthers win, uh, but – we see it in the league every week. There's games and outcomes you don't expect. Carolina's got talent, Mike. I think the thing is, it's like, is it consistent? And that's right. why we're very much up and down five and five is we've had really good weeks and really low lows. But uh, at some point, you've got to get a balance to where you can stay good and, and stay consistently good. And this is, you know, you don't want to make too much of it for any one position, but this seems to me like it, this is almost like a make or break week for Kyle Allen. And it's probably not fair. Because Ron Rivera said the other day that you know he really needs five thousand reps to make this kind of like second nature. So um, maybe we're putting too much into a game, but I think just from his and he's a confident guy. I mean, you know, we were we we watched his press conference yesterday. And, you know, I I don't think he lacks confidence, which is good. But I think to to get on a roll and to feel good, I you'd like to see him play well and mm-hmm. certainly not turn the ball over. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Like his turnovers. Uh, I'd almost rather him get sack fumbled because it seems like they were winning those games. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the interceptions, it's just killer. Well, it's such a it's such a judgment call. I mean, if you spend a first round pick on Peyton Manning, you live with twenty eight interceptions his rookie year, right. which is what he had, by the way. His fourth year, he had twenty three interceptions. But you have a huge investment in a guy who's the number one pick, and so you you stick with it. With Kyle Allen, your investment is the least it can be in the NFL, undrafted player. So it's a little bit of a tighter judgment on him because of that fact. You know, you want that value to pay off, but you don't want to just pick him because he's a bargain who's serviceable. You want to think he's, let's be honest, he's pretty much serviceable now, but is his upside that he could be a good starting quarterback in this league. Um, And that's what you want. But what Dave Tepper said is it's the great quarterbacks that lead you to Super Bowls in most cases. I think you could have, there are one-offs, obviously. There's Trent Dilfer. And, and there's Peyton Manning, the, the Super Bowl 50, right. was not but Peyton that's, Manning. But that's, 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 that's a great defense. You have to have the best defense right. and a really good running game right. and not turn the ball over. Yes. You've got to be yeah. a game manager. Game manager. So yep. you can do yep. it. But those teams I mentioned, like Baltimore and like Denver like that, they don't do it year in and year out. No, and like, that's not the goal. Right. The goal is to have a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that that's just Ben Roethlisberger year after right. year cranks it out. Yeah, no, that's no doubt about it. Eight and a half is the uh, – Panthers are yeah. getting eight and a half. <laughs> That's a pretty big spread That's in the big, NFL. Yeah, it is a big spread in the That's NFL. That's a big spread in the NFL. The Panthers were favored, obviously, last week. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, um, again, back to the basics. You you just um, you got to know Drew Brees and the Saints are going to put their numbers up. you got to match that somehow. And so you have to have long drives, keep them on the sidelines as much as you can, have a good defensive game, hopefully do something like what Atlanta did, create pressure on, on Drew Brees to really get him off his yeah. mark a little bit. I think this will be fun, too, with the running backs. I mean, to see, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. I think last week was the first game he's not had a touchdown in uh, in right. any of the games this season. Um, we had this – we kind of talked a little bit about this on the postgame show on Sunday. You know, I think Christian McCaffrey, no doubt, is an MVP candidate. But I think a lot of times voters want to pick a candidate that's – from a winning team and from maybe one of the best teams. So yeah. I don't know if – I mean, he certainly is a candidate. He's in the conversation. He's worthy. Uh, I just don't know that unless the Panthers, you know, get to 11, 11 and 5 or 10 and 6, that, that it's that it'll be realistic that he would get it. Yeah, the payoff has to be that uh, it led to winning, that it wasn't just right. stats. Because um, I've talked to some coaches, and this is more basketball than football, but, I mean, they've always believed that the MVP should be the best player on the best team. 
Yeah, but then that limits it to the best team. Right. <laughs> it limits it to which Patriot are you going to pick. Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I I think it's got to be. Oh, Tom Brady again? It's got to be from, I, I think, you know, I would always try to lean towards one of the best. Right. Unless someone just has, like, breaks records. Right. You know. But this year, like, Michael Thomas, who we're going to see this week, is on a pace for something yeah. like oh, 150 receptions, which would break the receiving record yeah. in a year. So I think he's got a ch- He's a already chance. got 1,100 yards. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Uh, some of these quarterbacks are having unbelievable seasons. I think Wilson's only got one interception for all the throwing that he's done this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not far behind. I think he's got two picks this year. And, and, John and Wilson? Stats. <laughs> and John Wilson, yeah, from uh, 18. But um, I think um, – McCaffrey's t- definitely in that top four or so with the yeah. conversation, but even he's not even thinking about that or talking about that. I mean, right. none of, even to him, none of this tastes good if you don't no, get the playoffs no, at least. No, you don't. You don't really care about stuff like that. No, I mean, those are things that maybe when your playing days are over, you well, I was MVP, but not that you wouldn't want it. But yeah, I mean, these are guys that take you know. Thankfully, there's a good number of guys that take losing hearts. I thought you know Greg Olson really called out a lot of people. Sure, it felt very generational. Didn't yeah. it, what he was saying? Oh yeah. Felt like he was talking about young guys. I don't know who in particular he was talking to, uh, but I think he. And I had people ask me, "Well, Greg Olson really questioned effort." Well, maybe a kernel of that was effort. I think he was talking more about just focus. I think it was focus on the winning, right? Right. Entirely. I think it was more institutional than individual. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? In other words, mindset, and not. You know, not the guys weren't trying to win or don't care, right? Right. But let's not be distracted by ten other things in addition to trying right. to win the game. But I mean, but remember, you know, sometimes the superfluous stuff can be a distraction indirectly, right? So, in other words, if you're hamming it up or yumming it up, you know, yucking it up, uh, and you're losing, that that doesn't. I mean, that never goes over well. Right. And and you know, I mean, you and I are, or it is Jim, right? <laughs> you and I, you and I are old enough. <laughs> Hello. To. Uh, to remember, uh, I mean, I remember times when, um, not just covering pro sports, but even just you know high school and stuff like that. If, you know, if you lost and you you know you're coming home on the bus, nobody talked. Like it was silent. You didn't say a word. You know, everybody was you know. Little league, we only got off. ice cream when we won. Yeah, I mean, was, right, right. <laughs> now think about that. Right. Think about what I said. You're talking about six year olds. Yeah. We only get ice cream. We're little kids. Right. You're grown ups. Yeah. I want ice cream. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This should be fun. I should be learning. So but, if the uh, Panthers win, they should just all they go get ice, get ice cream. I think that'd be kind of And like Jenny's, like something really good ice cream, like Jenny's ice cream, something <laughs> like that. But um, no, I agree. And it's like, um, but I think back to the year they won the Super Bowl and everyone got mad at the Panthers because they were doing that photography stuff right, on the right, sidelines, right. which they're doing in the end zone. And a lot of teams are doing that stuff in the end zones now. But nobody said that was why they were winning. Right, right. But when you start losing, then you start looking at everything, questioning right, everything. Right. And I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm a, I'm against actually all this shenanigans of going down in the end zone and running 70 yards downfield to take a, a fake photo or a real photo or whatever they're doing down there. It's like, just play the game. If you win and the clock's over, you want to celebrate, go ahead, yeah. take a picture, celebrate. But I just, there's something innately wrong. Again, it's not just the Panthers, but doing the stuff in the middle of the game. Celebrate your sack for two seconds, as right. long as you're not down three touchdowns, whatever. But like, there's this group thing they do where like every team is doing it's like you're you're losing their time they're doing that while while losing yeah. the game it's like are you kidding me <laughs> yeah I, I i i actually agree with that it's you know i don't want to stifle people's creativity but on the other hand well it's like you know guys you know 10 years ago uh you know they'd be down 30 and you get a sack and the guy's doing this like monster dance like come on man <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know i mean the time and i guess what we're saying is we're not against it there's just a time and a place for everything well we got 
was it Sack Street? And we got Thieves Avenue. Thieves Avenue yeah. How about something that stops the run? No one's like, <laughs> oh, look, can we celebrate the meat and potatoes that helps you win the game? <laughs> How about we're called the really good at stopping the run gang or something like that? That would be great, which they did finally last week, which is ironic. Hogmont like Boulevard. The, the only thing that went right last week was they finally stopped the run, yeah. two yards per carry. Everything else, including special teams, unraveled. Well, that's like holding back the dam, right? And then another, <laughs> you know, you, you got you got the, the finger in one hole, and then or, another one springs yeah, out. I got my report card. I got that D up to a B, but I failed every other category <laughs> of class that I have. Sorry. Am I grounded? I'll just see myself out. But um, yeah, it's um, it's a tough time right now, and it's uh, it's the most tense it's been around there in a while, yeah. as far as this particular week. Well, goes losing's no week. good, and uh, you know you start you feel it, you start to feel it, you know. And you know, I guess uh, it was pretty tough in the locker room yesterday too, as far as not a lot of guys talked. So, which is not that's we've seen that before. That's tell uh, me about it. Yeah. So yeah, I did get uh, James Bradbury. <laughs> he said, "We've I've lived through one and fifteen, two and yeah. 14. I mean, back in the day, it was like, where's Mike Minner? Yeah. Where's Mike Rucker? Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you certain guys right. that you can always count yeah, on, yeah, like yeah, win yeah. or lose, they would be yeah. stand-up guys and, and do interviews. But, yeah, when uh, when it starts getting tough out there, like guys don't want to be quoted. Yeah. I don't think they – again, they don't, not that's viewed as a distraction. I, don't, I think they want to be not seeing anything extracurricular. Right. Um, but there are media obligations. The cor- starting quarterback in this league has yep. to speak. The coach has to speak. That's and That's something good. I think the league – is good about doing that is like, come on, this can't be a league about winners only. Right. I mean, people want to hear because really a lot of times the more interesting stories for journalists and for readers and listeners is what's going on when things aren't so good. But so. I think that all that, you know, translates into it, you know, it helps generate interest in the team, interest in the team generates buying merchandise that also feeds into, you know, buying tickets, actually going to games. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you can get out there, the better. And, of course, we're biased because, you know, it, it's an industry that we've chosen to, to work in. But it's I think it all works. I mean, there's a reason why, um, you know, people have media departments and, and why, you know, stuff gets covered. So mm-hmm. um, so let me ask you this. Do you uh, – and I probably asked you this last year, and it's, you know, I forgot. But uh, do you guys have any uh, New Orleans – like when you go – to New Orleans, you have like a favorite place you go. Do you try to try to go somewhere new every time, or are you just so focused on winning that it doesn't matter? <laughs> Again, I'll be honest. I've been because you've been there a lot, a lot. Twenty-four times with the Panthers, and back when I was doing college hoops, I'd been down there for Tulane and yeah. other games too. I've been there so much. If I never had to go to New Orleans ever again, yeah. it would be just fine by me. So we typically will like venture into truly. The fringe of the French Quarter. Yeah. There are no bad restaurants that survive. It's like New York City. Yeah. You know, if you're in uh, Little Italy, you right. can't have a bad Italian restaurant. Right, right. If you walk the first block, you can find a couple decent restaurants. And then depending on what's going on, may make a lap or two just to go get a beverage, watch LSU play someone, sure, which sure. this year is yeah. more interesting than usual, yeah. watching LSU catch some college football. But really, most of our Saturdays are kind of built around, there's always at least some decent college football yeah. games. What college football games are on? Get something decent to eat, and that's about it. I mean, we go on the air, we get, and we lose an hour over there as far as the watch time, on our. Yeah. It's the same time in reality, but it feels different. Yeah, you know, we'll get up something like six thirty a.m. and then get breakfast, and then head over there for the yeah. three-hour pregame show. So, yeah, the, the, that's sleeping in for you, though. That is, yeah, that is true. <laughs> since I get up at four o'clock all week long, so we are. Uh, we are the generationally older ones. We're the uh, we're more yeah. the Greg Olson and right, less right. of the right. millennial right. yeah. taking photos in the end zone type uh, reporters out right. there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're not you're not like well, uh, 
can't say I don't think I can use the word I was the big blank beers on <laughs> yeah, no hurricanes, yeah, yeah. No, no giant beers or yeah. anything like that. That's... I mean, think who I hang out with Mick Mixon, right? Dave yeah. Langton, yeah, Harold Hamrick and yeah. crew, yeah. How much trouble could we possibly get into? I mean, they're, they're a rock band in the 80s, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> having a beverage out of a dirty glass that's un- unintentionally on our part dirty. <laughs> we wouldn't ask for a dirty glass. <laughs> We just noticed that the glass was dirty, so yeah. It won't. But New Orleans is kind of the, pl- and this is nothing against New Orleans because it, it's it's fun in short doses. But I can't imagine having to spend a week there. Oh, I know. You know, like going in for conferences and things like that. It's. I fun, had three but- days there once. I was doing UNC Charlotte games back in the old days and before the Panthers started, and uh, we had a swing of uh, Southern Miss Tulane. So we had three nights. We stayed yeah. in the same hotel in in New Orleans, and I was just ready to come home. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, it's just you put your shoes in that, that little. Uh, the plastic bag they give you, the, like say for laundry and stuff like that, because you don't want your shoes touching the rest of your clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your bag oh, of what yeah, you've yeah. been walking through. Oh yeah, oh no, I, <laughs> I get it, I get it. Oh my god, yeah, no, I, I get that, I get that. So uh, yeah, so you guys will go on the air at ten o'clock mm-hmm. on Sunday. Kick off at one on the Mercedes victory, Superdome victory Monday. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. So I've been to um, when I was with the Red Sox, we played obviously Minnesota, which was the Hubert H Humphrey Metrodome, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, the kingdom mm-hmm. and both of those i felt like i was uh the uh, the the radio the baseball radio booth and i'm guessing football is probably the same thing in the superdome but it felt like you were um like a world war ii pillbox overlooking a, a beach that was about to be invaded mm-hmm. that yeah. feel right like the low ceiling and everything's like concrete and i, I it used to be it's a different booth now it used to be when i would go to new orleans i didn't sit during the game because there was no room they had kind of this uh whatever you call it, the ladder, it goes straight down like a submarine oh, kind yeah, of yeah, ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it goes straight down and because it was, the booth was so small. Right. And so my seat of the three was right by where that stairs came down. I couldn't put a chair in there and sit. Oh, so I would stand yeah. for the entire game, which, okay, it's no big deal. But, I mean, that's how cramped it was and small in there. This one's not much better that we are now. And like you said, way up high in the air yeah. as far as the view. So Mick will have the binocs out and all yeah. that and Jake and all that. So I just, um, you know, I'm just so used to it. I always warn people are going for the first time. It's like, this is not a great venue. For, yeah. There's nothing super right. about the Superdome. Right. It looks great for the Sugar Bowl and National Championship right. games right, and right, all right, that right, on right. TV, but it's dank. It's dark. It's yeah. uh, it's just not great. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Building, they, too. They've I mean, done some renovations through the year, but not, not much. Yeah. It looks like a nuclear yeah. reactor. Yeah. It just does. <laughs> it just looks like a nuclear reactor. Minus the smoke coming out of yeah, the Yeah, it's like, it's not good. I just hope we don't turn into Chernobyl while we're there. <laughs> oh, we just, geez. we come out with a victory and something more positive as far as the experience goes. All right, so make sure you tune in starting at 10 o'clock. Listen to uh, Zoke right here. You got here. on the postgame show. You, Brett, and Eugene this uh, week? No. Uh, Eugene's uh, traveling, Yeah, right? Eugene's traveling. Yeah, he's got something going on in, um, I think, Chicago. So uh, it'll just be, I think, just Brett and I. Okay. Yeah. Even Sharon bailed on you this week, huh? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Well, you know. Maybe she'll call in. She'll call in, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she'll, she'll text Maybe us. Maybe who was calling us earlier. She'll, she'll tweet us. Yeah, Sharon, Sharon's During wondering. She was calling to wonder if she was on the show with us on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we'll hand over something good for you, unlike last week when we oh, handed man. off that that bag of stuff we oh, handed to you. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully this will be better topics for you this week. Yeah, it was a... a uh, heard it was a little quiet around the old set last week yeah, in was, the old you, fifth quarter. You there. gave us the, the lunch bag on fire and you let the doorbell and ran. <laughs> Let's go ding-dong ditch the Pachico house is what we did on that and show. And don't try that at home. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week.
Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.